I would just like to point out that a few weeks ago, Jace said that Mac Jones was garbage. Hurry up here for Alabama. Play action. Mac Jones wants it all. Long ball. Man there. Got him. Meshing touchdown. I'm not sold on Mac Jones. In the red zone, Alabama with three minutes and change remaining in the half. Jones fires to the corner. Devontae Smith. Touchdown, Alabama. Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I'm your host, Steve Risser, along with Judson Anafrio. And that was just a promo from Four Downs. They'll be on tonight, you know, recapping the final four of college football. Just Justin, you're gonna be on with them, right? Yes, I believe. Yes, Justin, you'll be on. It'll be Jace, Justin, uh, uh Ovi, Hector, Sean, and uh Joe. So and we all we saw Joe, you know, and Jay get on Jace about the Mac Jones thing, as we as we knew, as we know uh from this year. But as we start our show, we gotta we gotta uh, week sixteen is upon us, and we gotta start with that. And there's a big game on Christmas Day between the Vikings and the Saints. The Vikings trying to keep their playoff hopes alive, and the uh, the slim playoff hopes alive. They they really hurt them last week losing to the Bears, and the Saints are ten and four on a two game losing streak. And obviously, knowing this rivalry, which has kind of became a rivalry over the last two or three years, we know what's happened. Obviously, the Stefan Diggs play in the 2017 divisional round game. The, uh, the game last year, the Vikings won in overtime. So the Vikings, Mike Zimmer has had the Saints number. He's had Drew Brees and Sean Payton's number, especially in the postseason. This is a big it's a big game for the Saints. Vikings still kind of in the playoffs, but not. So so I do think the Vikings, the Saints get their revenge in this game. And a big reason why is I think they have a big game from Alvin Kamara. I think it's a big game on the ground. I think the Saints win it 34-24. Why I think they do it is I think Kamara is a big game on the ground. He runs the ball well. I think Breeze, yes, he started slowly last week, but got better as the game went on. I think he plays better this week. He gets the ball to Emmanuel Sanders. He gets the ball to Trey Quan Smith. I do think the Vikings move the ball because they got good personnel on offense. I think Dalvin Cook has a pretty good game. I think Justin Jefferson has a pretty, pretty good game. But even though the Vikings have the Saints number, it's not going to be enough. And I got the Saints winning by 10. But I'll ask you this, Justin. We know the Vikings have had the Saints number uh, in the past. Can they continue that and give the Saints their third consecutive loss? I don't think so. Coming on, um, you know, short week, playing on Friday afternoon. I think the Saints finally get their their revenge this time on the Vikings. Their time's a charm. And I think, yeah, they do enough in the running game with Kamara, Latavius Murray. I think, you know, definitely Breeze is definitely going to play better than he did last week. Definitely a rough start for him. Um, and, yeah, right now I just think the Saints obviously are the better team than Vikings. Vikings don't have a, you know, ton of hope left to make the playoffs. And the Saints do a really good job of stopping the run. And, look, we've seen Cousin be able to make plays against the Saints, but in the Saints defense, really, really good. Um, and I think the Saints do enough, and they get to win at home 27-21 at Christmas. We got three Saturday games this week, and, and it starts with Tom Brady and the Bucks traveling up to Detroit to face the Lions. And this is a game the Bucks should win easy. The Lions' defense has been absolutely terrible. Brady should have a big day. They should be able to run the ball with Leonard Fournette. And I got the Bucks winning this by 31-17. Justin, who you got? Yeah, I got Tampa 34 to 24. I think the Lions will keep it close early because of the Tampa's defense, but I think eventually the Buc- the Bucks will pull away and Tampa should cruise the victory. In the in the game at 4:30 on Saturday is an NFC West matchup in Arizona. Both these teams have called Arizona home the last couple of weeks because the 49ers can't play uh, out in Santa Clara. So this game, though, I think the Cardinals win it. I think they win it by two or three scores. I think the Niners are completely banged up. 
they just signed Josh Rosen uh, yesterday. Uh, they they uh, they CJ Beathard will probably start. They're completely banged up on defense. Debo Samuel's going to be out for them too. So the Niners just have so many injuries, way too many injuries for them to compete with the team with the Cardinals, who got to keep pace with the Bears for that number seven seed in the uh, in the NFC. So I got the Cardinals winning this game, 27-10 over the Niners. But Justin, I'll ask you this: Can the Niners knock their divisional division rival out of the playoff picture? Uh, I don't think so. it's going to be tough. I got. Um... Arizona 28-20. I can see, like, the Niners getting, like, a backdoor or something here. But, yeah, I think, you know, with all the injuries, and you can't blame the Niners. I think, you know, you saw last week, they're pretty much just packing it in for the rest of the year. It's been tough. They've been in Arizona last month. Um, I heard, too, they're going home for Christmas and then coming back. So, um, be quick turnaround. I don't blame them for wanting to go home, being away for a while. Um, but as long as Arizona doesn't turn the ball over – they should be able to do enough to win this game. I get the Cardinals, you know, I, so I get the Cardinals winning this 28 to 20. I just, Niners right now, it's just too much of a mess right now with all the injuries they have. They don't have enough. We got a huge game for the Dolphins on Saturday night as they will head to Las Vegas to face the Raiders. And we know the Raiders, and Justin knows this, they're, they're, they're having their annual collapse just like they did last year. Started off strong. Uh, I've been, and they've been falling apart recently. They should be 6-8 and eight right now because they should have lost that game to the Jets. They shouldn't even have a chance of going to the playoffs, but they still do. Uh, there's still two games behind the Dolphins. That's why if the Raiders win, they win. They still have a slip, slim playoff host. But I got the Dolphins winning this game 27-17, and this is why. I think the Dolphins run the ball on the Raiders no matter who plays quarterback. I think Tua has a big game. And I think the Dolphins defense forces a turnover or two uh, from Marcus Mariota. So I got the Dolphins going to 10-5, and five, winning 27-17 over the Raiders. But, Justin, can Marcus Mariota lead the Raiders to an upset win to keep their really slim playoff hopes alive? It's going to be tough. Uh, but I, I got the Dolphins on the road 23-17. to 17. Um, I don't remember um, Gruden when Mariota was coming out of the draft. He was in love with Marcus Mariota. Um, what did Gruden used to do? Like the QB draft room, whatever he used to always do every year. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he loved Mariota in that. So – it. I'm actually kind of excited to see what kind of game plan he stirs up for Marcus Mariota. He played what well, besides that one interception um, where I forgot he threw behind one of his wide receivers. Yeah, we got a comment from Hector. He hopes it's not a trap game for the Finns, and that, that could happen. You know, mm-hmm. it, it could be. But I just think the way the Finns are playing right now and the way the Raiders are playing, it's very hard for me, especially with, with Marcus Mariota. Even though Mariota played well against the Chargers, it's very hard for me to think that the Raiders are going to win this game against the Dolphins. Yeah, I, it's going to be tough. Last year, the Raiders ended losing six out of the last seven. This year, they've now lost four of the last five. They just, Gruden just can't close the door on a season. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think the Dolphins, I think, you know, the Raiders keep this like really, really cool the first half and have a chance. And I think Dolphins do enough in the second half to be able to pull out a win. Um, but I'm interested, you know, I actually can't wait to see what Gruden does with Marcus Mariota at quarterback and what he schemes up for him. Yeah, I mean, he schemed up some pretty good zone, a lot of zone reads last time. I, I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. But I got the Dolphins winning that one. But before we get into the, to the games in the NFC East, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about the NFC East. And last week, uh, three of the four teams lost. The only team that picked up ground in the NFC East was the Cowboys, as they beat the 49ers. And right now, the Cowboys are in second at five and nine. Redskins lead the division at six and eight, but an unfortunate incident with their quarterback after the game on Sunday. Uh, Giants five and nine. They've lost two in a row. We don't know what the future of, of Daniel Jones is going to be. And you look at the Eagles. Oh, perhaps you got the picture now. 
with uh, with Dwayne Haskins. We'll get to that. And uh, the Eagles, uh, four and nine, uh, four nine and one, as they 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 competed against the Cardinals, but they lost. But here's the thing: right now, I'm going to go on a limb here. Even though the Eagles are in last place, I think they win this division. Here's how: I think they beat Dallas, and I think they beat Washington. I think Washington loses to Carolina. Uh, I think that the Giants lose to the Ravens, so that's going to give them ten losses. And and I think and I think and I, so that'll give every other team in the division ten losses. And I think the Eagles, because of the way Jalen Hurts is playing, I know that Washington has a chance, and I would have picked them to win the division if this Haskins incident didn't happen. But the way uh, Washington played, as has uh, the way Philly's been playing, I and the way Jalen Hurts has been playing, I got Philly winning this division at six nine and one. Yeah. Um... They are looking pretty good. I still think Washington can do enough. I'll give you my Taylor Henneke story when we talk about that game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Ron Rivera coming up, playing his former team, I think Washington finds a way to win against Carolina. And Taylor Henneke was on the Panthers last year, so he would love to uh, have a nice little revenge game here. So I, I think Washington's going to be able to win this week. Um, and I think they'll be able to seal the victory in a very close one. Um but yeah, like I, you know, the Eagles are playing really well. Um, they, you know, bringing in Jalen Hurts has just been a huge spark for that team. But I think I like Washington defense. I just think they're gonna their defense is gonna lead them to victory this Sunday, and they'll be able to kind of pretty much wrap wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, the re- Washington has a very good chance to wrap it up. I just don't know what they're gonna be like at the quarterback position. I mean, if I don't know what I'm getting at quarterback, it's hard to pick that team to win. Philly right now, you know what you're getting at quarterback. You know you're getting good quarterback play from from Dick Chase keeps showing the picture of Dwayne Haskins and the and the stripper. And here's another one. Well, that's well, that's interesting to say at least. Does Dwayne Haskins play this Sunday? That could be a difference maker for Washington. Hector makes a great point. It is a huge difference maker. Even though Haskins isn't good, it would definitely be an upgrade over Taylor. Whoever, what's that guy's name? Taylor Haneke? Yeah, it would be it, it would be an upgrade over him. So that's that's huge. That's a, it's a huge making in the NFC East, this, 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 this situation, which we're going to get to after we talk about the NFC East. But, yeah, it's, it's just crazy to think that, you know, a team in last place right now, the Eagles, is, pro- is probably one of the worst records in the NFC. If they can win these, these last two games and just hope Washington loses, they definitely have a chance to win the division. Oh, yeah, they, they definitely do because um, they got Washington next week. So, if, you know, Washington loses next week. They beat Washington, you know, Washington next week. Yeah, um, they get the division. So, they definitely do. Um, I again, I just think the the Washington defense is so good, and you know Teddy's having a pretty good year. But Carolina, you know, battled last week against Green Bay. But I, I think you know Washington defense be able to just it's just been so good that they'll be able to make enough stops and they'll be be able to create some offense for their yeah from their defense. They'll be able to create some offense by creating some turnovers and all that. And I think they're able to do enough. Um, but like the Eagles are right there, you know, um, but just the way they're playing, I know Dallas looked good last week, but I'll just, I'll take Washington just to edge it out. Even though without Haskins playing, I still think their defense will lead them to victory. Yeah. And, and then we look at the other two teams in the division, the Cowboys and the Giants, you look at the Giants, they got a really tough game against Baltimore this week. That's a brutal game for it. And you got a Baltimore team that needs to win that game to get into the playoffs, a Baltimore team that's been playing well. I, we're gonna we're gonna Jace. We're gonna we'll we'll talk about that one a little bit later. But yeah, a Baltimore team is playing well, so that's gonna be a brutal game. For him. And then you look at the Cowboys; they still have. Who would have thought they still have an outside shot at this? I mean, uh, with them uh, with them playing the uh, 
the Eagles this week and then the Giants next week. So say they went out and they uh, – I think that's highly unlikely the Cowboys will win out, but say they went out and Washington loses out, uh, that would be crazy too. So the NFC East is in play for all four for, – uh, for, for pretty much all four teams right now, Dallas has stayed in the race winning these last two games. Hector just commented, is Washington's front seven good enough to protect whoever – is Washington's front seven good enough to protect whoever's the quarterback to win against Carolina? And I, I think their front seven is, is good enough to to, uh, to get pressure and, and win that game against Carolina. My problem with Washington in that game, though, is who's going to play quarterback. And and you look at the Panthers. The Panthers have competed in a, in a bunch of games. The Panthers have competed – I mean – you look, they've lost – out of their 10 losses, eight of those 10 losses have been by one-score game. So Matt Rule has that team playing. So I wouldn't be shocked if Carolina wins the game this week. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if any, if any of these results, if any of these teams win this division because this division's terrible, number one. And number two, and, and, and number two none of these teams, can, when controlling their own density, when controlling their own density, can do that. So I wouldn't be shocked if any of these four teams win the division. No, I me mean, neither. It just, it's just topsy-turvy. It's, again, something new – There's. N- Something new happens every week in this division. Um, you know, Cowboys looked like they were dead in the water. Now they're right back in the picture, you know. Giants looked two weeks ago that they were the front runner, and now there's been a lot of question marks. So it's just such a crazy division. Um, it, it, yeah, it's like, who, you know, who knows? It just seems like whoever takes the lead in this division, they just don't want to hang on to it. They just, you know, everyone's just trying to blow it somehow in the, in the division. It's just, yeah, it's been one of the – Worst divisions I've ever seen. Yeah, and the thing is, is the beginning of the season, like three weeks in, you thought, okay, Dallas is going to figure out a way to win this division because they got Dak Prescott. Then Dak gets hurt, and you're probably like, okay, Philly should win this division because we think that Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in this division. But, you know, once the Giants started getting hot, especially after they beat, they won that game against the Eagles in uh, in week uh, in, in week 11, in week 10, you're thinking, okay, the Giants might have a chance to win this division. Then, then when the Giants beat Seattle, you're like, oh, they got a great chance to win the division. Then Washington upsets Pittsburgh, and you're like, no, they might have a chance. Then the week last week, you're, you're you think for sure Washington's got a great chance to win the division, and now you're thinking Philly can win the division. So it's like it's a different team. Like every two weeks, you think they could win this division. It's crazy. It is. It just yeah. It nobody wants to hang on to it. Washington takes the lead. Haskins gets you know uh, in trouble. Gi- yeah, Giants two weeks ago look like they you're they, they could win seven eight games. Now there there's twenty. So many question marks. It's just this whole Jay yeah, says it, that the division is a huge game of musical chairs. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much is this year. Yeah. yeah I guess it's just 2020. 2020 right now in the NFC has just been yeah. wacky. Yeah. Wacky. Expect the unexpected. That's why I think the Eagles end up winning this thing. Coming from last place in week 16, they end up winning the division. That's what I. That, that, that's what I think. I think it's six nine and one Eagles, six and ten Giants, six and ten Washington, uh, five and eleven Dallas. That's my final prediction for the division. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll go Washington. I think they'll get. Seven to nine. Um, so, uh, Giants, I think, get the six and ten. I think they knock off um, Cowboys yeah. next week. Yeah. Um, Philly five, or six, nine, and one, and then Dallas five and eleven. Yeah. So we'll definitely see what happens there. But we got to get to a story in the NFC East, and that's Dwayne Haskins on Sunday. And this is just absolutely disgraceful. I mean, what are you doing? How dumb is this guy? I mean, you just know. For sure, this the, the Dwayne Haskins era is over in Washington, no matter what happens. How dumb is this guy to be doing what he was doing Sunday Sunday night after the game without a mask on? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if the guy if the Redskins suspend him at all. The Redskins probably should suspend him. Ron Rivera's got to set a culture on this team. And at this point, the Redskins gotta be well, I mean, Washington has gotta be done with Dwayne Haskins. 
Yeah, you would think so. It's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, you just uh, in this day and age, you just can't be doing stuff like that. It's just yeah, very immature, irresponsible move. What he's doing there Sunday night. Um, you know, coming off the win, yeah, uh, it's, it, it's not looking good. It, you know, again, and I like Ron Rivera, and I think you know he definitely wants to set a culture. So I know you know I, I definitely see him being suspended, and then who knows after that. And I know Obi Munich just says Ron Rivera dealing with cancer, and he goes to a strip trip joint. And I agree, this makes no sense. He should be kicked off the team. And honestly, if I'm Washington, I just cut him today. Get him out of here. I mean, seriously. And, and, and again, and for Haskins, this is going to ruin your chance to, to go somewhere else and resurrect your career. Like if you look at a guy like a Sam Darnold, he's a guy that yes, if the Jets move on from Sam Darnold, if the Jets don't want to have Sam Darnold be their quarterback anymore, he's going to get a chance somewhere else, maybe at a, at a Pittsburgh or a San Francisco, because he's a good guy who competes and he's doing what he can do in a terrible situation. Haskins has just completely ruined it for himself. And and, and this and this incident, has and it, and it started with the selfie after the game last year. That was completely inexcusable. It can't even come out for the final snap to take a knee. The immaturity has continued. And, of course, Ovi says the product of Ohio State. <laughs> exactly there. You know, the product of Ohio State. You know, that's why these teams got to be – I mean, I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to be Dwayne Haskins. Maybe these teams got to be a little bit concerned about taking Justin Fields. But – Going back to Haskins, yeah, just the whole the, the, the lack of maturity. It's got to be over for him in Washington. It's just a complete embarrassment for him. A team is right in position to win the division and get to the playoffs. And luckily they are because the division's so bad. But they're right in position to get to the playoffs and you pull something like this. Inexcusable. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because, you know, again, trying to win his job back too. You know, Smith took it from him. You know, Smith's been hurt. Now he can play his way back into the, being, the, you know, being the number one quarterback going into the next uh, summer, fall. And he pretty much just threw that though all those chances out the door. Yeah, it's just a dumb move, a very immature move, and just yeah, something that definitely could cost him in his career. You know, yeah, I, I would not be shy to see Washington cut him. You know, anytime now, or they cut him in it. You know, anytime soon would not shock me right now. Oh, without question, without question. But we got to get to the games this week in the NFL. We'll start in the NFC East, and now we got another uh, another comment from Hector. There's completely no room for error when dealing with COVID-19, and Haskins is completely ignorant. The NFL needs to punish him, and anyone who does something like this, absolutely. I mean, you, you just you cannot, you just that just can't happen in the middle of COVID-19. Not at all. I mean, he should be suspended for at least for at least the re- I'd say the rest of the season. I mean, for, for I would say, I mean, you just can't, it, that just can't happen. Not at all. Not in these kind of times. It's just, it's stupid. It can't happen. And, and, and there's just no need for it. But we're going to move on from Dwayne Haskins. We're going to head to the games this week. And we're going to start with, start in the NFC East. And we're going to start with the Giants. And this is a big game for the Giants, who right now are five and nine. Uh, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be this week. We hope it's going to be Daniel Jones against the Ravens. The Ravens have been playing really well the last couple of weeks. They've gotten their run game going. They've been scoring points. They've scored 40 points the last two weeks against the Browns and the Jaguars. Uh, so, so their offense is, is starting to click click again with Lamar Jackson, with their run game with J.K. Dobbins and J.K. Dobbins and uh, and Mark Ingram. And I do think this week, I think the Giants do contain their ground game. I think they do contain – uh, Lamar Jackson, but the problem, why have the Ravens winning this game uh, tw- uh, 27 to uh, 13? Why have the Ravens winning 27 13? Is I just don't think the Giants can do enough on offense. I don't care who the quarterback is. And, and Dobie says he's believed the Giants have lost their mojo, and it's starting to seem that way. I mean, everything was going well for the Giants when they were five and seven uh, after beating Seattle. And then Joe Judge, who's done a really good job this year, made a huge mistake playing Daniel Jones, not healthy when he, when he wasn't healthy against the Cardinals. 
and then it, it affected him. It, then then he re he re he re injured. He had more hamstring injuries. Then he had an ankle injury. Couldn't play last week. And then you know last week it was just Colt McCoy. I mean the offense moved the ball. I thought maybe they should have taken a field goal on one of those two two drives in the red zone instead of going for it. But the offense just couldn't do enough. They they they. Uh, they only scored six points. The defense just doesn't have that edge rusher, which they need. I like this defense a lot, but they just don't have that edge rusher. And in this game against Baltimore, I think their defense is going to contain the run game, but eventually I think the Ravens will score more points than the Giants, and that's how you win in football in 2020. And I got the Giants winning. I mean, I got the Ravens winning 27-13 over the Giants. But, Justin, can the Giants' D contain Lamar and pull the upset and crush the Ravens' playoff hopes? It's gonna be tough, but I got Baltimore being able to get the one twenty-four to thirteen. Um, I thought last week I liked their game plan against um, Cleveland. They shut down Chubb and Hunt, but again, it was Baker Mayfield that beat you. That's kind. Of, I think they won. You know, anything could happen. Again, it hurt not having Bradbury out there in the secondary with you know COVID issues and all that. Um, but I think they'll be able to slow down their running game enough. Look, if they can get out to a lead somehow, like, and make Lamar have to beat you through your, with his arm, I think the Giants could be in good shape. I just, I still don't know though if they're going to be able to score enough points. Um, again, like their first offensive drive, even like the first half last week, they were able to drive. Uh, they just could not finish. Again, there were some questionable play calls towards the red zone on fourth down. Um, but I just. It's offensively, I you know, I like the way the Raiders are playing. I know Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters are both questionable, but I just think the Giants just do not have enough offensively, and Ravens will be able to get the win. Yeah, yeah, I'll address a couple comments from uh, Hector and uh, and uh, Ovi first with Hector with the Giants' lack of offense, they got to get points where they can. I agree, they shouldn't have done what they did against Cleveland. And I, yeah, I mean, when you have points, you get in the red zone, you have points, I feel like you got to get the points because. They could have been up. They took the points. They could have been up 9-7 instead of being down 7-3. And then say Cleveland scores there. It's only 13-3 to uh, going in, going into halftime. And then they got that that stop for uh, that first stop of the half. And then uh, and then they uh, then down 13-3, they weren't able to really run the ball. They kind of had to abandon it and had to, had to start throwing the ball. So I do agree there, Hector, about taking the points when you need to. And Ovi said 23 to three Ravens. And the way the Giants offense has been playing, I could see that happening. And you don't know if Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones is going to be the starter. The Ravens got one of the top defenses in the league. I could very easily see that happening. Uh, see that happening against the Ravens. This is this is a, this is an aggressive Ravens defense. This is, no matter who's playing quarterback, they're going to be blitzing a lot. And and I think both quarterbacks are going to be under pressure. Uh, if it's McCoy or if it's Daniel Jones. And we got a comment from Jace. That soft zone all game was rough against the Browns. They seem scared to play man without Bradbury. That's a great point. I mean, I think Bradbury being out really hurt the Giants in that game. I, and, and I was wondering why they did, Patrick Graham wasn't bringing blitzes. When, when, we, when we weren't getting there with four, I was wondering why Graham wasn't bringing more people. I think, yeah, they were just playing zone. Baker was picking on part in zone. I felt like even without Bradbury, they should have made an adjustment, especially, especially, you know, maybe late in the first half, early second half, and said, you know what? We got to blitz. We got to we got to create a turnover here. We got to get pressure on Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield's that one quarterback that if you're under pressure against Baker Mayfield, he's definitely a di- he's a much different quarterback. If you look at his quarterback rating, it's almost like night and day when Mayfield's under pressure or not. So Graham probably should have set more pressure in that Browns game. And for me, and I'm going to talk about how maybe to defend the Ravens. To defend the Ravens, I feel like they're going to, but I, they're still going to have to play zone coverage because against Lamar Jackson, the way he runs, it's very very difficult to play man. 
uh, against Lamar Jackson. But I do think they should blitz a couple of times. I hope Bradbury comes back and plays because that'll really help. Because we know on the Ravens, they don't have a number one. So Bradbury will be able to lock up that number one receiver and Lamar won't even look at him. So, you know, maybe blitz a little bit, but they're still going to have to play some zone against – they're definitely still going to play zone against Lamar because you can't be playing man and have your backs turn to the quarterback. Uh, you, that, that can't happen. So, yeah, and, Brad, and Jace just said uh, Bradbury's playing this week. So, yeah, so we'll see what Brad, Patrick Graham does this week defensively. But just at the, at the end of the day, I just don't think the Giants have enough offense to win this game. Yeah, same. They just don't. Um, it's it's just you know they need they need that true number one wide receiver. You know they need another tight end. You know, so they tough. Hopefully they'll get in the off season. I, I love their defense, but again, it just it's tough to keep relying on them week after week after week. They have to win you games. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You you, you just can't. But we're gonna go to another NFC East game, and that's and that's the game in Washington when the Panthers travel up to Washington to face the Washington football team. And in this game, you know, I, I think that whoever plays for quarterback for Washington is probably gonna struggle because I don't think Alex Smith is gonna play. I think the Panthers defense has a pretty good game, and I think that uh the Panthers score enough points to pull this upset. And I got the Panthers pulling this upset 17 to 16 over Washington. But the question is, Justin. Despite Washington's quarterback issues, can their defense do enough to keep them in first place? Yeah, I got Washington pulling it up 20 to 17. I think they will do enough. I think they'll get pressure on Teddy. I think they'll force a turnover too. Um, again, against a Carolina team, yeah, that has been a competitive a lot of games this year, but they haven't been able to close a lot of them out. And I think Washington's going to be able to close this, close it out. Um but look, you know this defense right now—they're one of the top teams against sacks. Carolina, you know, it, it's if it, Carolina hasn't been—you know—they've been pretty good at protecting Teddy. They haven't been great, but they've been all right. I think they'll do enough. I think they could force Teddy to make a turnover too, and I, I think that's a big difference. I just—this uh, is such a fun defense to watch with Montez with and Sweat and Chase Young out there at the end, and I think they'll do enough. But um. The first time, if it is Taylor Henneke this week, the first time I saw him play was sophomore year at Old Dominion. And really? Were you at the game? No, I you just watched it. You just watched a Taylor Henneke play. Yeah, well, they were playing New Hampshire. Okay. And I'm a big New Hampshire fan because I'm from there, so I always yep. follow him. Yeah. 64-61, Old Dominion. He was 55 for 79 with 730 yards. Is he a rookie this year, Henneke? Or is He's been it... in the league like three or four years. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, he's been with Carolina last year. Yeah. Well, that's the first time I saw him, and I was like, wow, this, this, this kid could throw off. Yeah, J- yeah, Jace made a comment, too. The Panthers' defense has uh, – the Panthers have a decent defense who thrives against mediocre offenses. Yeah, I mean, they got some players on the defense. Brian Burns, I don't know if he's going to play, but Brian Burns is a good player. I know his sack numbers aren't down, but he gets pressure. Uh, Shaq Thompson's a pretty good player. Uh, Jeremy Chin is one of the top defensive, pl- defensive rookies in the league this year. So that defense – it, uh, could, def- could definitely uh, carry that team to win. And always just commented, 28-23, Panthers will win within two minutes of the game. Yeah, I could definitely see the Panthers pulling this upset. I mean, Washington – I mean, they competed against Seattle, but Washington is not a great team, even though they're 6-8 and eight and they're winning the division. They don't know who their quarterback is, so I definitely could see a Panther upset here. And I'm picking a Panther upset too. I, I definitely could see it. I, I really liked his Washington defense. And I, I've seen Taylor play Hineke. I, I think he can do enough. He, he's got a strong arm and not the biggest run in the world, but I, I think he'll do enough. 
I, I, I think he'll help this team get the win. Yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see what ends up happening there. But we got another NFC's matchup in Dallas. Our guy Jared Jones, his Cowboys are still in it as the Eagles travel down to Dallas to face the Cowboys. And in this game, I think it's I think this is going to be this is going to be a close game. But I think Jalen Hurts continues to play well against this Cowboys defense. I think Miles Sanders has a good game on the ground because the Cowboys have trouble stopping the run. So I think the Eagles don't have a problem moving the ball. But I do think the Cowboys move the ball on the Eagles. I think. You know, Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb is a pretty good game because there's a good chance Darius Slay won't play. So I do think the Cowboys move the ball on the Eagles. But I got the Eagles winning at 27-20 uh, because I think the Eagles, at the end of the game, they'll make that stop against the Cowboys. And I think Jalen Hurts will outplay Andy Dalton. And I think the Eagles win close. And we'll see if they end up staying in the race because Washington would have to lose for them to stay in, for, the, for them to have to stay in the race. But I think the Eagles win close to get their fifth win. But, Justin, uh, Andy Dalton, the Cowboys – uh, have won three in a row and they've and they've been hot. Do they continue to stay hot and win their third straight? I think Philly's gonna pull it off. I think I got Philly 26-23. This Cowboys team has really been playing well. They they forced seven turnovers the last two weeks and they haven't I believe that you know they they haven't turned it over once. So they're doing a good job defensively really turning you over. But Jalen Hurts have been doing a good job of protecting the football for the most part. I mean, through one pick um fumbled once as well. As long as he takes care of the football. As, as, o, as Ovi says, Jalen will hurt the Cowboys. I agree. <laughs> I think he will. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, this Philly offense does enough against this Dallas defense. Dallas playing better, but I, I think right now the Eagles are still playing a little bit better than Dallas is. But, again, I'll, I'll give both these teams credit for fighting. I know the but look, I know they're both still in the race, so it makes sense. But I like the way, you know, Hertz has given this Eagles team a spark all around. And I think that continues going down to Dallas and picking up the win and hopefully for them staying, having a chance to win the division in week 17. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. NFT has been interesting. We'll see what happens there, but we got to talk about your Pats who are out of the playoffs for the first time in 12 years. The last time they were out of the playoffs was when Tom Brady got hurt in 2008. They did go 11 and five that year though. But this is the first time the Pats are out of the playoffs. They're facing Josh Allen, and Josh Allen has been red hot. I got the Bills winning. I got the Bills beating the Patriots this week, thirty-one sixty. And here's why: without uh, without Stephon Gilmore, I think that the uh, the Bills offense throw the ball all over the Patriots secondary. Beasley will have a big game. Stephon Diggs will have a big game. I even think Singletary and Moss have a pretty good game on the ground. So I think I think I think the Bills move the ball on this Patriots defense. And I think for the Patriots, I think again they're going to struggle offensively. They might have some success on the ground with Sonny Michelle, but I think they struggle offensively. And Cam Newton is playing. I don't know why he is, but I think he'll struggle a little bit too. He might make some plays, but he's going to make a couple of mistakes too. And I got the Bills winning this game by two scores. But Justin, we know the Pats had success the last time against Josh Allen. Can they do that again to avoid their first losing season in two decades? Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> Sorry, that's not <laughs> Justin happening. knows that for sure. No. Uh, Jai, this this is a different Bills team. This Bills team, this offense right now, they're just on fire. Uh, Josh Allen's playing some really, really good football right now. He's slinging all around the field. And this Pat team, unless, you know, J.C. Jackson's been good. But he's better as a two than a one. Uh, with no Gilmore, that really, really hurts us now. Uh, I, I just don't see it being real slow. So look, the one thing though, JC Jackson was, you know, leading the league in interceptions was snubbed from the Pro Bowl. So again, maybe some added fire. I don't know. But Cam Newton hasn't scored a touchdown in like two games. Um, I just, I don't get it. Um, th- we got, we got no shot to slow down this 
Buffalo's offense. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to the game Monday night. No, I know they have been waiting to have a beat down like this for a while. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think be the first. Be, I think it'd be the first big beat down since uh, 03 when they beat them thirty one nothing on opening day when they beat the Pats. I mean that would probably be the first. Be the, I think this will be the biggest Bills win against the Pats since then. But here's the the biggest question over the Pats is why is Cam Newton still starting? I mean, why don't you just get a look at Jared? Now that it's over, get a look at Jared Stidham. See what you have in him. I mean, you're not going to make the playoffs. Cam has – I don't think he's been pathetic this year, but he's been average to – he's been average at best. I think he's been below average, but you could say he's been average at best. But get a look at Jared Stidham. See what you have. See what direction you got to go in the draft. At at this point, you, I mean, I don't, I don't know if two games are going to change, change the opinion of the, what, what the Patriots are going to do, but just see what you have. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I, I'm tired. Look, I, I like the move right at the beginning of signing him, but look, it's done. His, his shoulder is just too far from, you know, being able to to, to be able to play in this league right now at this moment. Um, again, it's just the same same thing every week for him too. I just have to play better. But it's already week 16. If you're not, you know, if you still don't think you're playing your best ball at week 16, then uh, – I don't know. It, it's going to be, you know, again, it, this just shows that they don't trust Sinem and they must think Sinem is worse than Cam Newton, which I don't, I don't even know if it, if that's um, the case. Like, Cause you know, I know he had that one throw to in the Rams game, they scored a touchdown, but uh, I, I don't know why you don't give Jared Sinem the start. I don't think he is going to be the next, the next franchise quarterback, but you never know until you see him play and go out there. Um, I, I, I just don't get it. A lot of Patriot fans are tired of it. And the other thing is, too, he really struggled to throw the ball until the fourth quarter, and it was 80-degree weather in Miami, Florida. Now you on a Monday night game in New England, which actually the temperature says 40, 40 or 45, which actually I – That's I not bad for December 28th, too. No, I, I figured it was going to be like in the 20s or 30s, so – Still, like if it takes them three and a half quarters to loosen up that shoulder, you're playing a Foxborough in December. He's not gonna be able to warm up that shoulder. It's gonna be again. I don't. I'd be shocked if we score a touchdown this week. I really would. Or I just never thought our our offense just needs totally just you know rebuild. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, the only players you got really. The only pieces you really have on that offense now, because Edelman will probably be gone after the end of the season, is uh, Jacoby Myers and, and Damian Harris. Those are really your only pieces. Not that they're great players, but they're really your only pieces. They're pretty much. I And the offensive line. And, uh, skill, guys. The offensive line's good. I'll give you that. Yeah, the old line's pretty good. Um, we'll see what happens with Andrews. And then um, I do like Devin Asiasi. I see some potential. I know he's not ready. I do see some potential in him. Me, you know, maybe another year or two if he could stay on the field. Um, I do like him at tight end for later down the line, but yeah, not, not at the moment right now. Yeah. But Myers and Harris, hopefully Harris, I'm hoping Nikhil Harry can step up. But again, I'm, you know, I, I think I'm the only Pats fan that just still has an ounce of hope left for him. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, there isn't much hope left for Nikhil Harry, but we got to get to the rest of the week 16 slate. And we got a huge game in the AFC as the Colts, Travel to Pittsburgh to face the steel the Steelers. The Steelers have been really struggling, losing three in a row. Colts have been have been hot. They've won three in a row. Something's got to give here. But I do think, and the Colts are a 
road favorite, which is crazy with Phillip Rivers past his prime. They're a road favorite against the Steelers. Who would have thought that, you know, four or five weeks ago? But in this game, I think the Steelers snap their losing streak. I think their defense does enough. Maybe I think they force a turnover, and maybe they score off a turnover where the Steelers' uh, offense doesn't have to score a lot of points. The Steelers' offense right now is a mess. They can't run the ball. Big Ben can't throw the ball down the field. They they're, they're, they pretty much have got the win with their defense. And in, in football in 2020, it's very hard to win games with your defense. I don't care how good your defense is. So I think that this is a close, low-scoring game. I got, but I got the Steelers winning at twenty to sixteen. More so, I just can't see the Col- both these teams being eleven and four. I feel like all year long that the Steelers are a, the Steelers were a really good team, even even after the last, despite the last three weeks. So I do, I just can't see the Colts with Philip Rivers past his prime being eleven and four. That's why I got the Steelers winning it, and I got the Steelers uh, winning twenty to sixteen over the Colts. And I'll get to Jace's comment. Big Ben looked more past his prime than Rivers on Monday. And I might have to agree. Big Ben has fallen off. And it's and the thing about it, Big Ben versus Rivers oh yeah, 2004 draft. We all know that draft that uh that that Eli was in. We all know that draft cast class. Another comment from Ovi. Colts can win this game. Steelers are not the same. And they sure aren't. And the big reason why they're not the same and a lot of people say they can't run the football. I think the biggest reason they're not the same is Big Ben has just fallen off in the second half of the season. He has looked 38 years old. First half of the year, he looked like a top 10 quarterback. Now he's played like a bottom 10 quarterback. And that's the big reason why the Steelers are falling off. And this leads to my question, Justin. We know the Steelers' offense has struggled the last three weeks. Does that continue for them to lose their fourth consecutive game? I think it does. I, I got the Colts winning 24 to 14. And actually, on Monday, this game opened like before the Monday night game. The pit was actually a three-point favor. Now it's Colts up to a point-and-a-half favorite. So um, I had to turn there, obviously. But, yeah, I just – Big Ben had 19 yards in the first half against a Bengals defense. That that was their Super Bowl, and I give Zach Taylor and that, and that team a lot of credit for the way they played. But that's still the Bengals defense. They have 19 yards passing. And the problem is, too, they can't run the ball. So, you, you know – Again, I don't see the Colts. Um, I don't see the Colts coming out here, you know, respecting the wrong game. They they can kind of just sit back and try to let Big Ben pick them apart, and I don't think that's going to happen. Big Ben's not that type of quarterback anymore, and I, I think that's really going to hurt him. Um, again, Philip Rivers outdoors. It's probably going to be cold in Heinz Field this week. I think it's like thirty-five. So yeah, maybe Rivers isn't that sharp either, but. I think with all the, you know, with the injuries we're seeing with Pitt um, losing to pre as well now for the year, I just don't think that the Colts just, I mean, the Seals won't have enough to win this game. And I'll, I'll take the Colts to go on the road 24 to 14. We got a, uh, we, we got a, uh, let me see. We got it. Um, we got it. Oh, Falcon, thanks, Chase. Falcons and Chiefs. So the Falcons head to Kansas City to face the Chiefs uh, this week in Kansas City. And I think the Chiefs win this game. I do think the Falcons score some points because I think they move the ball on the on the, on the Chiefs' defense. But I think that uh, I think that, that uh, Mahomes has a big day, throws three or four touchdowns, and I got the Chiefs winning 34-20. Justin, who you got? Yeah, I got the Chiefs 35-24. I think the Falcons will be able to put up some points, keep it close early. Um but I, I don't think the Falcons are be able to obviously keep up with Patrick Mahomes in this offense right now. And that's why I'll take the Chiefs at home, 35-24. And Matt Ryan's not great outdoors as well. And you're going to Kansas City in December. So um, I'll go with the Chiefs. Browns back at MetLife Stadium this week as they 
go to the Jets, who won their first game last week. And before we talk about the Browns-Jets game, here's the biggest takeaway for me from that Jets win. You can't blame the players for going out and winning a football game. That is their job to win a game. You can't blame them. But obviously it's a horrible loss for the fans because knowing what they could have had for the next 10 years. Because, you know, the the, the front office and the coaches, they're probably going to get fired at the end of the season. I mean, no, I mean – I mean, the, the front, the, I mean, the coach is definitely going to get fired. We don't know about Joe Douglas, but you can't blame players and coaches for going out and winning a game. They did, they did their job. But the thing is, is the fan base, it's devastating because of what you could have had and what you could have had for the next 10 to 15 years. So, and it's just very unfortunate for the Jets right now. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating for the, um, for the Jet fans. It's, it's tough. Um, you think you have Trevor Lawrence, you go out to LA and just somehow win that game. And, yeah, and the thing is, I think they're better suited for that second pick. When I saw them win Sunday, I, I think it's much better suited. Because, look, Sam Darnold, and I give Sam a lot of credit. He's coming out here and trying to prove to the Jets fans and that organization that he wants to be here, that he doesn't want to be replaced. Um, I know I've given him a lot of heat, but, again, I, I've liked the way he's been playing lately. And... I think they're better suited to get that second pick because now you can get, you know, you can trade back if you want. You can get some extra picks because they're not one pick away with Trevor Lawrence. I know Trevor Lawrence is going to be the big guy, but they're still not. He's not. They're not one quarterback away, obviously. They're, they're not a Trevor Lawrence away from being a contender. And Joe Douglas had not been a bad drafter either. He's drafted pretty well. Yeah, he did draft Mekhi Becton. He, 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 did, he didn't draft Quentin Williams, but he did draft Mekhi Becton. That was a good pick. I'll give him Denzel that. Mims. Denzel Mims is we will see what happens with him, but but I mean, yeah, I mean we'll see what Joe Douglas ends up doing. You know, so I, I think they get some picks, they trade back if they want. If if the Bears really want Justin Field at number two or somebody else, again, I, I think they could be better suited at second. You know, I, I think it could be a blessing in disguise at the moment for Jets fans. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Because they could trade down and maybe get more picks. That we yeah. definitely could see what ends up happening there. Before we talk about the Jets Browns, I just want to get I want to get uh, get to a comment Hector made. Falcons will take a 17-point lead and and lose in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I honestly, even though they're playing the Chiefs, I can see that happening because the Fal- yeah. there's no team in the league that knows how to blow games more than the Falcons. No. no. A- absolutely no. not. No, the Chargers like, don't even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, because the Chargers beat the Falcons. So there's no yeah. team in the league blows games like the Falcons. But getting to the Browns Jets game, I think it's pretty obvious for me what's going to happen. I think the Browns have success on the ground with, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think Baker Mayfield continues to stay hot. And I think Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon get pressure on Sam Darnold and, and shut down this Jets offense. And I got the Browns winning 28 10. Justin, who you got? I'm going to say the Jets keep it close. I got a 27 20 Jets. I don't trust the Browns as a double-digit road favorite going down the road. You, you don't trust the Browns at all. You didn't trust the Browns last week. No, I, I guess I'm still – I don't believe – I'm starting to believe more in the Browns. But I, I still just – I still can't take a, them to win by more than 10 on the road. I don't know. I'm not there yet. I, I like the way the Jets are playing. I think they do keep it close. I think it could be a letdown spot for the Browns. We'll see. We'll see. Bears head down to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars, and I think this should be an easy win for the Bears. Montgomery stays hot. Trubisky keeps playing well. Bears defense shuts down Gardner Minshew. I got Bears 27-9. to Who do you got, Justin? Yeah, I'll take the Bears 27-17. to I think the Jags would keep it close early, um, but I, I think the Bears settle in later in the game, and they shut down the Jacksonville, Jacksonville offense. They should win. 
We got a meaningless game down in Houston between the three two ten loss teams. The Bengals head down to Houston to face the Texans, and I got the Texans winning it thirty one twenty four just because they got Deshaun Watson and the Bengals don't. Yeah, I got Texans twenty eight to seventeen. I think Cincy coming off their Super Bowl victory against the Steelers, I think this could be a spot where it it you know again they could really not show up again. That was you know that was their season right there. Um, I, I see the Texas B will take care of business. Watson should have a big day. We got a we got a huge game in the NFC West as the nine and five Rams try to avenge their loss to the Jets last week as they head to Seattle to face the ten and four Seahawks. And in, in this game, I, I think it's going to be a close competitive game. I got the Seahawks winning at twenty three twenty, and here's why. I think that Cam Akers isn't playing for the Rams, so I think the Seahawks are going to shut down the Rams' run game, which I think Jared Goff's going to turn the ball over a couple of times. I do think Seattle, I do think the Rams' uh, defensive line is going to get pressure on Wilson, but I think Russell Wilson will make more plays and less mistakes, and that's why I got the Seahawks winning the NFC West on Sunday, just like I predicted in one of my articles a couple weeks ago. I got the Seahawks winning the division on Sunday, and I got the Rams going to 9-6, and six. but Justin... Can the Rams D get pressure on, on Wilson and take back the lead in the NFC West? I can totally see it. I do have Seattle getting the win, though, 24 to 21. The first meeting, the Rams did get six sacks the first time. Um, they forced Wilson to two or three turnovers. Um, but I just don't see Russell Wilson get being swept this week uh, by the or this season by the Rams. I know the Rams probably have been practicing for the Seahawks for two weeks because they. They not, took the yeah, yeah. They weren't ready for the Jets. No, no, they were not. I think they skipped that the Jets week and got ready for Seattle last week. Um, but I, I, I think Seattle at home. I just I don't like picking against Russell Wilson at home. I know there's no fans, but still, that you know, going up there, it's still a tough place to win. I think he does enough. I think he plays better than he did the first meeting. I think he's been playing better the last few weeks. Um, and they're going to be able to go on the road and, and get revenge against the Rams, but yeah this should this should be a good one um they'll get pressure on him but i think he'll make less less mistakes this time around staying out west we got an afc matchup of two five and nine teams in the in in the uh in the afc west between the broncos and the chargers and i'm gonna take the chargers here just because i like justin herbert a lot more than uh than drew lock i'm gonna take denver to go on the road and get the win 27 24 I heard this stat the other day, Steve. The Chargers special teams have cost the Chargers 80 points this year. That's that's got to be the most in the league. Yeah, which I yeah was I think by a landslide. Um, so that's almost five points a game, I believe. And how many three point losses they've had? A bunch. So uh, that's been the Denver maker. I think Denver does enough, and I you know I don't trust the Chargers to close out a game. So I'll take Denver. We got a big game on Sunday Night Football as the Titans, who are battling for in our CMG Sports Game of the Week, as we got the Titans, who are traveling to Green Bay to face the Packers. And this should be a really, really uh, interesting. It should be a really interesting game. I think this is going to be a fun and entertaining game. I got the Packers winning at thirty-one twenty-seven because the, for the biggest reason, the Titans just cannot get off the field on third down. They can't, and I don't think they're going to against Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers is a big game through the air. I think he throws for over 300 yards. I think he throws a couple touchdowns. I do think, though, that uh, that the Titans run the ball with success. I think Derrick Henry has another big game. I think it goes for over 150 yards, too. So I think this is a back-and-forth game. There's going to be a lot of scoring. I don't think there will be any punts in this game. But I got the Packers winning this game close 
to clinch the number one seed in the NFC. But here's here's the here's here's my question, Justin. Can the Titans control the clock and spoil the Packers' chance to clinch the number one seed? I think they do. I got Titans 31-28. Um what the two things the well the Packers are not great at stopping the run. I think they're again Derrick Henry's the best running back in the game. If you cancel him down or you can't bring him down, it's it's gonna be a long day for you. And the other thing is too that I'm not impressed with Packers are they don't play a full 60 minutes. You know, that the you know, they play hard for a bit. It's they got out to the quick 21 to um three lead last week in Carolina, I believe. And again, they let Carolina right back in the game. Um, I, I just, you know, until the Packers show me that they could put it together for 60 minutes against somebody, I don't really trust them. I know they went on the road and beat the saints, but on the road, but the saints weren't playing great back then. I think Ryan Tannehill plays well enough. I think he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I think they run the ball with Henry and they keep it out of Rogers hands long enough. And I, I think Tennessee goes on the road and wins this game. I just, you know, I just don't really trust the pack. I just don't know what I'm gonna get from the Packers in the, in the big game right now. Yeah, and then yeah, and then Hector says it best. Uh, offensive battle, air attack versus ground attack. And he's 100 right about that. It's gonna be one of those games there. And and yes, we've seen this with the Packers so many times. They played a te- against a team that could run the ball really well. We saw it against San Francisco. They ran the ball right down their throats. We even saw it against Tampa Bay early in the season when a team gets physical with them. They, they don't – their defense has a lot of problems. And sometimes their offense doesn't even come back and, and they don't even fight back. They just they, they just kind of – they just uh, – they, they don't fight back. They don't compete. So we've seen this with the with Matt LaFleur team. So I would not be surprised if the Titans pull this upset against the Packers. You know, the Packers right now, yeah, they're 11-3, and three, but they've been a little bit unimpressive. I mean, they've, they've, they've lacked sense of urgency. They've lacked a sense of urgency at times. So even in that Eagle game, they're up 21-3. to three. Eagles cut the lead to 20-16. to 16. They get that big run from Aaron Jones. To put the game away. Even last week, up 21-3, end up winning 24-16 against Carolina. They really have lacked a sense of urgency under Matt LaFleur. That's why this is this is definitely a number one seed. If they do get a number one seed, definitely a number one seed. Say you win, you win a wild card game, you definitely want to play because you know that team's going to be rusty and you're coming in playing them with a the win. Yeah, especially, you know, it's definitely tough to go out of Lambeau, which definitely gives the Packers a huge favor. But, yeah, lack of urgency. Even that Colts game. They were going down the end of regulation to go. They they had a chance to go win the game, and it's like, like they the just didn't. It the was staff. terrible. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's a lack of urgency. That's, <laughs> yep. that's a great point. It just yeah, and again, I, I think the same thing could happen get this week against the Titans. The way Titans could control the ball with Henry. Absolutely, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Our CMG Sports game of the week: Packers and Titans Sunday night. So that should be a, that should be a great one. But. We got to get to college football. We got to get to the college football rankings. And there was a lot of controversy. There was a little bit of controversy in these college football rankings. Uh, one and two, we kind of knew what there was going to be. We knew it was going to be Alabama. We knew it was going to be Clemson. Where there was the controversy was at three and four. First at three with Ohio State. A lot of people didn't like the fact Ohio State was number three, only playing six games. But to me, I feel like they're a top three team in the country, even though they only played six games. Notre Dame was the one I questioned, especially in that game against Clemson. They got blown out to Clemson 34-10. And we've seen this movie before from Notre Dame. We saw it in two, especially when, especially in the Brian Kelly era. We saw it in 2012 when they got blown out to Alabama in the national championship game. We saw it in 2018 when they got blown out to Clemson in the national semifinal game. And I feel like, and we saw it again on, on – uh, 
on Saturday when they got blown out to Clemson again. And I feel like we're going to see the same movie uh, on January 1st when they play Alabama and Alabama blows them out again. Again, that's why I did. I wasn't, I wasn't opposed to maybe a uh, Texas A&M getting that number four C spot, but I feel like at the end of the day, looking at, looking at it, I feel still feel because Notre Dame went undefeated throughout the year and beat Clemson. Even though Trevor Lawrence didn't play, I still feel like I do agree with the top four teams with Al- with it being Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, um, wasn't too surprised by it at all. Um, I feared as long as Notre Dame didn't lose by 80, they were probably good because the thing, I, I think the big thing was too for the committee was Texas A&M already got blown out by Alabama. That was back in week two. Even though Texas A&M, I think from that from that moment, has gotten better from that game. Do I still think they would have beat Alabama this time around? No. Do I think they kept it closer? Yes. But yeah, Notre Dame's been so good all year. They, you know, in, until yeah, up up until Saturday where they kind of, you know, then they they had their chances early. But I do, you know, I, I do agree with it. Ohio State, I know. But the sixth game, Davos Sweeney put him eleventh. I, you know, I, I you know, I, I feel if Ohio State puts it together for a full sixty. This is a definitely a top three team, and I think we're going to see that team against Clemson. I, I really do. So I, I think we're really going to find out a lot about Ohio State on January first. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do agree with that. Wish I. Look, you you know, I've been an advocate for Cincinnati, Coastal, BYU all year. Do I wish Cincinnati got that fourth spot? I do. Do I think they deserve it? Yes. But, again, with the way the rankings have been, I knew there was no shot they were getting in anyways. So, yes, I do agree, kind, you know, with what they're doing because of just where Cincinnati was ranked. But, again, I, I would have loved Cincinnati to get that shot. But, again, I you know, another story for another day about expansion. Yeah, I know. There should be. We should. We should expand to eight teams. And you look at it. And you look at a team like uh, Cincinnati. I mean, uh, they didn't. They were not that impressive in their bowl game against Tulsa. I think. I think that hurt them there. I mean, I think. Uh, I. I think you look at. You look at a team like. Uh, you look at a team like Oklahoma. I think a team like Oklahoma could have been a team if they only had one loss. They very easily could have gotten the number four spot because they were probably playing better. Then a lot. Then they probably were a top four team by the end of the season. Looking at some of their games, they just started off so slow because the way Spencer Rattler was playing, that team, I think, would give Alabama. I don't know. They probably still get beat, but they give Alabama a better game, and I think Notre Dame would. I think that's very possible. You know, I I think they possibly could because yeah, you know, and I I've said it the last few weeks about Oklahoma. Just, they're just more physical up front. They're not kind of a team that's going to back down you. They're not at you know. Um, they're not, you know. Um, we got a, yeah, we got a comment from Hector. He said, uh, "My personal opinion is that if people are going to question Notre Dame at four, then Ohio State should be questioned for being in it. Period. If the Big Ten didn't change the rules, then we wouldn't be talking about Ohio State being being here, would we? No, we wouldn't be. And I, and I, and I credit to Hector on that one. But I just do think that if you're looking at the four best teams, that I feel man for man." Ohio, Ohio State's a better team than Notre Dame. That's, you know, I got to, you know, I think that's a toss. For me, that's a toss, though. I, I've seen more from Notre Dame. I know we just saw him get blown out. But 
I, you know, up front, I think Notre Dame would be able to control control Ohio State up front. And I don't know if you know, Steve, but Hector is a Notre Dame fan. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I've seen, oh, I've okay. seen, I've watched all four downs. I know. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, you do tune in, but um, yeah, um, but I, I think Notre Dame could definitely beat Ohio State just because of the way they are up front. Their their front seven is just so down. I still like Notre Dame's front seven. I know they're were, they weren't great last week, um, but I, I still, you know. I just haven't seen Ohio State put it together for a full 60. Yeah, you know, I know the Big Ten changed the rules and all that. You know, yeah, we can question Ohio State all day. But if Ohio State plays a full 60, I do think this is a top three, top four team in the country. Nordane is is right there. I think Texas A&M is also right there. Cincinnati, Oklahoma, you know. Again, none of these teams are going to beat Alabama. Again, I think – Ohio State, Nordane could pot, you know, could beat Nord, you know. Nordane's problem was they just could not contain Trevor Lawrence and just opened up everything for ETN and all that. I would love to see them maybe get a, a another shot at him. But I I, you know, I, I definitely see could see Nordane knocking off Ohio State just because just up front in the trenches. I like Nordane better than Ohio State right now. Yeah, it's close between the two. What about Oklahoma? Do you think Oklahoma's better than you know Ohio State and Notre Dame? The way Oklahoma's playing right now, I I do think so. You know, I talking about up on the trenches, Spencer Rattler's playing very well. They played really well against Iowa State. I know Iowa State had a chance to, you know, come back late and get the win. But for the first three quarters of that game, Oklahoma pretty much dominated them. Um, you know, Rat, Rattler's just been really, really good. Up, um, you know, since that Texas game where um, Lincoln Ryan pulled them, he's pretty much played mistake-free football. And again, they just had, I think, like six or seven new stars on the defensive side of the ball. And they're all starting to play really, really well. Uh, you know, I know they beat some bad teams at the beginning of the year, but it, they're they're right now like in um they're they're peaking. I I, I believe Oklahoma. I think they definitely could. I, I could definitely see them top four if they only had that one loss. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It should be it should be a fun, you know. We'll be talking. Uh, we'll talk. We'll be previewing the college the two semifinal games next week. Even talking about some of the New York New Year's Six games next week. So it should be fun to see what happens there. But we got to shift over to the NBA. But before that, we got a promo from Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the City. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Thank you, uh, Ted and Trevor. Uh, Keys to the City uh, every Tuesday and Friday. I don't know what they're going to do with their second show this week. They're going to do it Friday or maybe Saturday after uh, after throwing jabs. I'm not sure when they're going to do that second show this week, but they'll probably do a second show, and they'll obviously be talking about Giants, Ravens, and the rest of the NFL games. So definitely check out Keys to the City uh, later on this week. Uh, but uh, we got to shift over to the NBA. And uh, first, before we talk about uh, the, the, this, uh, this our season preview, we got to talk James Harden and just – just another, just, just, just another story with James Harden. This saga has just become ridiculous. Yesterday, he threw a basket, threw a basketball at a, at a rookie, at a teammate. He was fighting a teammate. Uh, obviously, now the strip club video is being uh, is being uh, uh, reviewed by the NBA. He might even be suspended tonight. Uh, Jay, make sure you just keep an eye on that. If he is suspended, just tell us some breaking news. But uh, yeah, it's just 
it's just a total saga saga with him. Uh, you, you, and now uh, uh, Cousins and Wall, they're not they're not going to be pl- they're not playing tonight, and other Rockets aren't playing tonight. So the Rockets right now are a complete mess right now with this situation with James Harden. And I'll give our guy Frank credit; he called it with James Harden. This guy is just a cancer on a team, and he's oh, yeah. and he's absolutely right about that. Oh, he definitely is. I, how are the Rockets not suspended him yet? I'd suspend him without pay for. Two oh weeks. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, stop being a baby. Like I, again, I know you want to get out of town. But come on, you just make things worse for everybody. It's just, again, I, I look, I know he's a great player, but I wouldn't want to trade for a guy like this. I wouldn't. You know, I don't want a guy that's going to be cancer. Things aren't going right. Or, again, it, you know, I, again, it's just a, it's a joke. And it's just, this just creates more problems, in the, in, you know, for everybody else because somebody else can kind of go, oh, you know, all right, you know, hey, I want to get out of here. I'm just going to act like a like a five-year-old kid and just mess around it it's ridiculous i, I i'd suspend him try to just show him like hey because again you have to show him who owns the place is it james harden that owns the rockets or is it the coaching or is it the coaching staff the gm president you know who owns the place because if you're letting players own the place usually your your organization's in trouble for the most part yeah, I mean the NBA is a players' league, but Harden is not LeBron James, where he's has is good enough. I mean he's great. I'm not saying he's a great scorer, but where he's great enough or has the power to do that, he just doesn't. And 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 it's just showing right now. I mean he's he's ran teammates out of there. He's ran Chris Paul out of there because he couldn't get along with him. He ran Russell Westbrook out of there because he couldn't get along with him. So it, all these problems are just on James Harden. And you see the team like the Heat, and it shows you why they're a great organization. They want no interest in this. They want no interest in James Harden. They say we're good. We can get back to the finals. Without it, with, even without a player like that. So, uh, uh, honestly, at this at this point with James Harden, the Rockets are going to probably try to trade him, but his value is de- even though how great of a score he is, his value is definitely going down. Oh, definitely, and it, you know, again, it it should the way he's acting out here. You know, again, I'm so I'm a guy that again, you're making what thirty plus million dollars a year. So, I I know you don't like the organization where you're at, but again, you're playing the sport you love. You're making thirty million dollars a year. Just man up and just stay in, just stay there until you get traded. Again, just don't act like this. Again, everybody would love to be in your position. Again, just don't. This is what I don't get about you know all professional athletes when they act like this. It's like you know, I you know Steve like you're somebody too. Again, if you had the opportunity to be one percent better than everybody else in your sport, you love that opportunity to be a professional athlete. But again, it just guys just again just act like babies sometimes in the spot and it's just it it, it stinks it again it's just terrible look for James oh Harden. it's a, oh it's awful it's awful it's pathetic it's just it's just it's just it, it's, it's been going on for for a while with Harden I mean guy's a great play, guy's a great scorer I'm not even gonna say great player he's a great scorer he's one of the best scorers in the league but still it's just this, this attitude he doesn't play he doesn't play defense he runs off teammates he causes all this you know drama it's it's just it's just getting it's just getting old with him right now. It is, and then and then they were going to hire um Van Gundy too, and then him and Russ Booker are like, no, we don't want him. And it's like they're not even going to be on the team. I know. It's probably, I know. It's, it's probably a good thing that they ran him off. Anyway, yeah. like, does Van Gundy even want to be in that spot now? No, have no. We would have been a rebuild. So I guess they I know. do him a favor, but still, yeah, it just again, it just it just awful. Terrible, absolutely terrible. But we 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 got to get to the to the games in the NBA and the, and talk and do our season preview. And uh, 
last night the NBA the season started with the Brooklyn Nets and they were so impressive. I mean, they couldn't have been more. They were they beat the Warriors by twenty seven. Uh, I think it was one twenty six to ninety nine. I mean, uh, Durant and Kyrie look great. You got Levert coming off the bench. Uh, you got Jared Allen, Jared Jared Allen coming off the bench too. I th- th- this this Nets team to me is the best team in in the Eastern Conference. Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris. I think they got the depth. They got the two two. They got two top players as we've seen. Kyrie's a good one, but Kyrie's a really good two. But he's just he's just not a one. But as a two, he won a championship with LeBron James. He learned his lesson. I feel like in Cleveland where he, he wanted out of there and he had his own team in Boston and he failed. So I think he's learned his lesson. I, I like the place where Kyrie's at right now. And I like the place where the Nets are right now. That's why I think they're the best team in, in, in the Eastern conference team. I think challenges them the most, I think is the Bucks just because of Giannis. Giannis is just an outstanding player. The, the issue with the Bucks though, is who's the number two Middleton's a, an all-star, but he's a poor man's all-star. He wouldn't be an all-star in the Western conference. I do like some of their starting five too with, with uh, Lopez and, uh, and with Lopez and Drew, with Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday is an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, but he can't stay healthy. That that's a problem there. Uh, so I, the one thing about the Bucks, I'm going to say is is Giannis is outstanding, but they don't have the number two the Nets have. That's why I think the Nets are better. Looking at the Miami Heat, I think the Heat are a really deep team, a the best organization in the league. The problem with the Heat is the top end talent. That's why I wouldn't put them on the same level as the Nets, uh, the Celtics. I really like the Celtics. I, they have three guys who average 20 points a game with. Uh, with uh, with uh, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, and, uh, and and Kemba Walker, so they had three guys that averaged over twenty points a game. But I think depth is a problem for the Celtics. Uh, that's going to be an issue if they want to if they want to get back to the conference finals. I don't think they'll get to the NBA finals, but if they want to get back to the conference finals for the fourth time in five years, the Raptors. I think the Raptors are a good team. But they're still recovering from losing Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you lose a player like Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you saw last year that hurt them in the Celtics series. Eventually, they were the number two seed in the East, but it ended up hurting them in the Celtics series. I like, I like the fact they signed Van Fleet. Lowry's kind of getting a little old there, so I do think they're in the middle. Of the, they're kind of, you know, maybe a four or five seed in the Eastern Conference. The Sixers, Ben Simmons has got to learn to shoot threes. That, that, that is imperative. He's got to learn how to shoot threes. The Sixers are going to have any chance to be a championship contender. And enough said, because you can't win a championship in the NBA with your best player being a center. That, that is, that is, an, that is, a, that is, that is. That, that is completely true. You look at the Timberwolves, look at the Magic, look at the Sixers. You can't win with your best player being a center. Look at the Pacers. I think that this team, if they could stay healthy, could maybe win a playoff series. But again, I think they just – they got some good players with Oladipo as a bonus and Warren, but they they, they fail to have that superstar. That's why I think that's what's going to hurt them late in the playoffs. Uh, we got the Wizards, who I think are a playoff team with Westbrook and uh, Beal, but I'm not the biggest Westbrook fan, especially in the postseason, only won one playoff series without Kevin Durant. And uh, and they really don't have much outside of a Beal, Beal and Westbrook. Look at the rest of the Eastern Conference. Some of the surprise teams, teams that might be able to make the playoffs, the Hawks, I think they did a lot this offseason. I think Trey Young's, if he can improve defensively, you got Gallinari, you got Bagdanovich, you got Rondo, uh, you, you, uh, you, got, uh, you got Collins too. So I think that I think the Hawks could potentially be a playoff team. Looking at the Hornets, I think the Hornets. I'm really excited to see Lamelo Ball. You obviously have Gordon Hayward there. So and you got Devontae Graham coming off the bench with Terry Rozier. That's a potential eight seed. Uh, the Magic. I think the problem with the Magic is with the East getting better and they really didn't improve that much. I still I think that's a team that's going to be on the outside looking in the playoffs. I do. But that just shows you again an example. You can't compete for an NBA championship. With your best player being a center, this is not the this is not the 1990s. You need to have three point shooting. Ujicic is a really good center, but you can't win a title doing that. 
we look at the teams that have no shot at the playoffs, the Bulls, Cavs, and Pistons, and my Knicks. I'll talk about my Knicks. I think this is a year where Thibodeau, I think he's a good coach. I think the Knicks are going to win more games than they should, but I do think that uh, I do think that uh, I think that their starting five is weak. I do. I, I, they don't really have a point guard. Alfred Payton is not a starting point guard in the NBA. Uh, I, I like to see RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin. Julius Randle is their best player. But the biggest thing I want to see as a Knicks fan is is a Obi Top is Obi Toppin development of Toppin development of uh, of RJ Barrett and the development of Mitchell Robinson. And then you look at the rest of the East, the uh, the the the, Ca- the Cavs. Uh, I think they'll be a little bit improved with Sexton and Drummond. The Bulls, I like the the backcourt of White and Levine. And then the Pistons, I think, are the worst team in the East. Blake Griffin, I think, is massively overrated, and he has not evolved. And I think they're just too too young. But the first question I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you four questions in the Eastern Conference. First one I'm going to ask you is, who, which team do you think has the best chance of competing? I think it's a pretty obvious one, but which team has the best chance of competing with the Nets in the Eastern Conference? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take uh, the surprise here. I'm gonna go with the Heat. I like the Heat. I just love that organization. I think yeah, going with them over the Bucks. Yeah. I, again, I, I like Giannis, and I, he'll get one. I, I believe he he will get one before his time's up. But you know, I you said it. Just the number two. Um, I love Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler back. Um, how is Kendrick Nunn do now in his top his Year number two, does he have a sophomore slump? As long as he doesn't, I, I again, I like the way this team plays defense. I like the way they defend. Eric Spolster is such a great coach. Again, they may sit there as a, you know, a four or five, you know, a three, four, five seed again. But again, I, I could see him knocking off the Nets. I could see them giving um, a bam out of, I see Jimmy Butler um, giving KD, you know, a tough matchup and, and, you know, in a playoff series and slowing him down. Again, I just I don't want to pick against the Heat. I, I, I um, love the organization. Yeah, and again, I, you know, I always did, but until really last summer when they started pulling this off, I was like, you know, I really did become a fan of this 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 Heat team. It's just uh, the way they play. I, I I really like the way that these guys play play basketball. What I know this is tough in the NBA because there aren't a lot of dark horses. Who would you say is a dark horse in these? The team that no one's really talking about. But a team that could, you know, make a playoff run. I like the Hawks. I know that's probably the big one. But, again, you know, Clint Capella, they got back. John Collins, you're saying, Trey Young. They're, they're, they're off, you know, their offensive reading last year, I think, was like 111 with Trey Young on the floor. Without him, it was like 96. So, and now they have a supporting cast around them uh, with Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh Again, he he's a of course really, the former king. Yeah, like him. Again, he's a great shooter. You know, I'm, I'm gonna miss him. Um, again, Chris Dunn was a nice one, and then obviously when you add Rondo, and then you can sneak into the playoffs with Rondo. We saw what he did with the Lakers last year. Again, he could get you. He can win you a series on a team that doesn't have a ton of playoff um, experience. He could be a guy that you know. Good point. Jace makes a good point. His dark horse is the Pacers. If they see, yeah, I mean, if if Oladipo could even get back to what he was a couple of years ago before the injury, you look at Zabonis because they weren't really healthy all postseason last year. Yeah, if they stay healthy, Pacers definitely could be a team that makes a huge run and maybe makes a huge run at the conference finals and plays the Nets. Oh yeah, I could see that because um you know I'll yeah I'll Victor Oladipo is pretty good. I know Jeremy Lamb's supposed to come back. I think in January February from that 
you know, that leg injury. Um, he played well. But, yeah, I, I definitely could see the Pacers compete in, you know, with the Nets for Eastern Conference title. But, um, you know, with the Hawks again. It, and then if they can get Cam Reddish to kind of improve as well, um, another nice piece there with Cam, Cam Reddish. DeAndre Hunter, I think, is a very solid defender. Um, and he, he can score the ball. I do like this Hawks team. I like where they're going. And I like the development of Trey Young. So, yeah, if, as long as you get better on defense, I think that they could get, you know, because that's second C2 in the um, South Division or Southeast Division. You know, after the Heat, it's pretty much wide open with the Magic. Magic, Hornets, Hornets and Hawks. That'll be interesting. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be beating each other up. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that, that's the one worry. But I think the Hawks he's sneaking as a six or seven. I think they could possibly make a run, depending on who they match up with. Who is a team that no one thinks is going to make the playoffs and then sneaks into the playoffs this year? Um, in the East, you know, I you know I could see probably like a Hornets. Um, That's a good one. You know, Gordon Hayward again. I I don't I don't know yet about Ball. I want to see him play an actual. I'm high on Ball. I'm really high on Ball. I, I gotta admit, there's some bias to me just because I don't like Lavar. Don't like I, his dad, but I think honestly, I think Lamelo is gonna be better than his brother. Better score. Yeah, and with his size at six eight two, um, again, if he could kind of improve his shot, he can become a better sh- you know shooter from deep. I, I definitely do. Um, Gordon Hayward as well. Again, it it was a weird um, weird signing. I didn't see that coming, but you know, again, Hayward's got some experience. Can PJ Washington, you know, I thought PJ Washington played better last year. Can he like expand his his role? You know, he needs like twelve points last year, six rebounds. Can he get even better at that four spot for him? Um, and, and Graham, you know, whoever starts, you know, Rozier, they're paying a lot of money. Um, can he, you know, he averaged almost twenty last year. So I, I think there's a Hornet team that could get seven or eight seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But we'll go to the Western Conference, and there was a big game last night between the Lakers and the Clippers, and the Clippers winning that game, 116-107. Paul George had a really good game. Kawhi had a really good game. They they all played the duo of LeBron and AD on opening night. But I do still think, because I think the Lakers rust, this was a quick turnaround, I do think the Lakers are still the best team in the in the Western Conference. But I do think the Clippers are a close, are, are, are close second. And, and a big reason for that is I do think the uh, bubble hurt Paul George last year. I think that really hurt him. I think he wasn't the same player in the bubble. I think he would be better. He'll be back to that elite player this year. And I do think we, we're probably going to see the Lakers. And the, unless, you know, Porter Jr. goes off for Denver and, and, and becomes a top player, I think we're going to see the Lakers and Clippers in the conference finals. And it leads me to my next point. Denver, I still think is, I think they're a top three team in the West with Jamal Murray, with, with Jokic. If Porter Jr. could step up, maybe they get on that level with the Clippers, the Lakers, and with the Clippers and Lakers. But if they don't, I still think they're a level below those two teams, even though they beat the Clippers in the playoffs last year. Uh, the rest of the teams, uh, a team I think could be a big surprise is the Mavs, uh, Luka Doncic. Could have a huge year. I think he's going to average easily over 30 points a game. I think he very easily could win the MVP because Chris Dorff Porzingis is very injury prone. He's going to miss time. That's going to be the key for the Mavs. Can Porzingis stay healthy? Because if he can stay healthy, they could be a top four team in the Western Conference, seeing how, how good Luka Doncic is and seeing the uh, the uh, seeing them uh, fall 
seeing some of the teams like the Rockets and the Thunder kind of fall fall out of the playoff picture in the Western Conference. So I think the Mavs could very easily be a top four team in the Western Conference. I like I like Doncic. They got Josh Richardson from the Sixers. They got uh they got uh Tim Hardaway. They have they've had Tim Hardaway Jr. So I do think they could be a top four team in the West. You look at the Jazz and uh and Jace made a point. He likes Donovan Mitchell as his MVP candidate and very very easily can be. Donovan Mitchell is a a close, very close to a top 10 player, definitely a top 15 player in the league. He just got paid uh, by, by the Jazz. I think that, you know, the Jazz are, I think they're a top five team in the in the Western Conference. Back Donovich is going to be healthy again. They got Gobert. Donovan Mitchell is a really good player. So the Jazz definitely have a chance to be top four. So I think they can, the Jazz can get to the second round and win a playoff series. I just feel like that the problem with the Jazz is they don't have that second elite player. I like Gobert, but he's not, he's not an elite player. He's not a great scorer. Uh, I think Bagdanovich is a good player. He's not a great player either. So they need that second, that second elite, that second star uh, with Donovan Mitchell. And if they can get that, I think they could definitely be a contender with the Lakers and the Clippers. But that probably will probably will, probably won't get that until until next year. Uh, some surprise teams in the uh, in the West. I like the Pelicans. I really like the Pelicans going to the year. I, I think Alonzo Ball is going to become more of a scorer. I like Brandon Ingram. I think Zion, if he can develop a three point shot, the guy's going to be one of the top players in the game. Uh, they added Stephen Adams too. I really, really like the uh, I like the, I like the uh, Pelicans. Also, the Suns. I think they're uh, they're going to be a playoff team with the addition of Chris Paul. Uh, him and Devin Booker, really good backcourt there. DeAndre Ayton. I think the Suns are a playoff team. Uh, the eighth seed is going to be weird because you don't know what's going to happen with the Rockets. Uh, the Warriors last night were just honestly to me with the Warriors. I don't see them as a playoff team. I think Steph Curry has fallen off. Steph Curry's bread and butter is three point shooting. I know he was rusty because he hasn't played much in the last two years, but he only hit two threes last night. They don't have Clay Thompson's Draymond Green. Isn't the same James Wiseman. They took him number two overall, but look, I think they made that pick to, to try to, you know, help their team. Now I think for the future, that's going to really hurt them taking James Wiseman. I think they should have, they should have definitely went with LaMelo ball. I think that's really going to hurt the Warriors going with James Wiseman there. So I think the why there's a very good chance the Warriors missed the playoffs. It'll obviously be better than last year, but I think there's a good chance they missed the playoffs. Uh, you look at the Blazers. I think the Blazers sneak into the playoffs. I think I think that, but I, I no, I think they get in there comfortably with McCollum, with Lillard, and then Nurfich, who didn't play a lot before the bubble last year. You saw Nurfich; he's a good player too. So I think the Blazers are a team that can sneak into the playoffs. Uh, we look at the rest of the Western Conference. Some teams that you know have some playoff potential. The Timberwolves. You know, last year they were bad, but now they got D'Angelo Russell. They drafted Anthony Edwards, and they got one of the best centers in the league in Carl Anthony Towns. I got another comment from uh, Jace. Uh, Steph needs that other perimeter shooter with him to succeed. Look at Monte Ellis. Look at Clay Thompson. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, a guy that he he could drive to the hoop, kick out, kick out, uh, kick out uh, to to uh, to Clay Thompson. The same thing with Monte Ellis. So yeah, that's why the Warriors. I very easily uh, don't. I very easily see them not making the playoffs. The uh, the uh, the T-Wolves, the Kings, I think could be playoff teams. The T-Wolves with Russell uh, and Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. But again, with the T-Wolves, you can't compete with an NBA title with a center as your best player. They got to be hoping that Anthony Edwards becomes that elite player, which I didn't like the fact they took Anthony Edwards over LaMelo Ball. I would have taken LaMelo Ball. I'm not taking a guy number one overall that wins half his college games. I didn't like that. I didn't like Edwards going number one overall. And for your Kings, I do like their backcourt of Fox and Heald. I do like Barnes, but... The biggest mistake your Kings made, you know, and it will be a mistake that will haunt them for a while. They took Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. I think that mistake is going to haunt them for years to come. And then look at the teams that won't make the playoffs in the uh, in the West. The Spurs. This is just an outdated team. 
the Spurs need to realize this is not 2004. You can't have guys that you can't have DeMar DeRozan who shoot, uh, shoots mid-range shots and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge who can't shoot threes. You need to be uh, – and here's another thing with Jace. You won't take a guy that wins half his college games, but a guy who didn't go to college. Jace, LaMelo Ball didn't go to college because he played professionally overseas. All t- that's better competition than college basketball, obviously. So, yeah, I'm going to take a guy – that that won half his college games in a watered down college basketball season. Then a guy that played perfect. I'll take a guy that played professional basketball over a guy that won half his college games in a college basketball season that was watered down. Justin, what do you th- what, what do you think of that take there? Um, yeah, you watch a lot of Anthony I, Edwards. You know, because Anthony, I, I again, I didn't like the because he just I don't think he could be an elite level scorer. Um, I don't think he's a guy that could take over a game. It does help to go professionally when it because it does give you that. Um, Lamelo Ball faced better competition. That's an obvious point. You're going to see it this year. Yeah, you know he, he will. I hate to get a tough transition for Edwards. Again, he's a good player. I just he need you know he's just he's a guy that I don't you know he doesn't seem like a guy that late in the game he could get Anthony Edwards that guy that can get you that late bucket when you need one or that basket when you're in a you know in a tough spot in a raw, you know, down your opponents on a run, you know, I, I see Edwards kind of struggling in those situations. He's not, you know, again, I know the SEC is loaded, but Georgia did have like a top five, top 10 recruiting class and they still really struggled. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, it did. Yeah. But I still think though that, you know, LaMelo ball, I would take LaMelo Ball over Anthony Edwards. I'm sorry. You take a guy that you know is going to – I think you pretty much know is going to be a really good player. Anthony Edwards, as a number one pick, is a question mark. You, he won half his college games. I don't care how loaded the, the SEC was. He won half his college games. Yeah, no, I, that definitely. You know, he, yeah, you know. But, look, Ben Simmons is the same thing. Ben Simmons seems to try going to the NIT. I think they're like – Yeah, NIT. but has Ben has – ben, literally, has Ben yeah. Simmons reached his potential as an NBA player? He's he a great is he is he an elite player Ben Simmons? No, he's no, a he's he a he's a good player. He can't shoot threes, and in this NBA, you got to be able to shoot threes. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah, exactly. And that's a problem. Edwards is a decent three point th- shooter. Needs to develop a little bit more, I believe. But yeah, it, it ta- you know again getting going over Australia for Lamelo and even playing in Lithuania the last few years, it it definitely is going to help Lamelo adjust to the NBA game more than Edward to may take, he may, may need some time to really gel here. Um, and again, with the short off season too, you know, I could definitely got that may need some time. To do yeah. Well, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It usually does for most rookies. Especially they don't come. Usually most rookies, even the best ones don't come in the league and dominate. I mean, it just, it just, it, it definitely takes some time. They're coming in at 19 playing 35 year olds in the NBA. So it definitely is going to take some time, but look at the last two teams in the West that won't make the playoffs. The Grizzlies. I love John Morant, but with Jaron Jackson out for the season, that team's not going to make the playoffs. And then you look at the thunder. They tore their entire team apart, getting rid of Chris Paul, getting rid of Gallinari, getting rid of Steven Adams. They're pretty much SGA. And there's really pretty much no one else around him. But here's the here's the first question, first of three questions uh, in the Western Conference. I know it's a pretty obvious question. What team can compete with the Lakers? Uh, can uh, has the best chance of knocking the Lakers off their throne as champions? Yeah, I think it's their cross town rivals, the Clippers. I know they lost um, Morris in the offseason. I know they lost Harrell. Um, 
you know, they lost some pieces to their um, to their rival the Lakers, but still, I you know, again, Kawhi and Paul George, again, going up against LeBron, LeBron AD. Um, again, as long as they don't collapse this year, they 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 have the talent. They don't they don't have as much depth now as the Lakers because you know the Lakers really did a good job of building a depth this year. The Clippers, yeah, you know, they still have talent. Do they have that? Um, you know, who's gonna be that third scorer for them? You know, on a consistent basis, who's gonna be that guy for LA or for the Clippers? But I still I think they're still a little bit better than Nuggets. I still think they're a little bit better than the Jazz. Um, and again, I think the way that it ended last year for the Clippers, I really do think that there's a chip on these guys' shoulders. And I think the Clippers should be able to – they have the best chance right now in the West to knock them off. Who is a dark horse in the Western Conference? The dark horse? Um, you know, I, I'm um, I'm a fan of the you know, a Nuggets or Mavericks. If Porzingis is a healthy – I definitely think the Mavericks could definitely win the Western Conference. Um, I like the supporting cast they have around him now. You know, if, if Porzingis, yes, could stay healthy. Um, I look, I you know, Tim Hardaway is a decent shooter as well. If they, you know, Porzingis stay healthy, if they can get better defensively, I do think that the Mavs could take a, take out anybody in the Western Conference. But yeah, they they you know again I think it would help if they do add another another good to elite player and I think they're right neck and neck with the Lakers. But still, I as long as Porzingis stays healthy, if Luka Doncic can approve his three point shot, I think the Mavericks should definitely win the Western Conference. Yeah, and Jace just posted a comment that Nuggets win the West to prove Steve wrong that you can compete with a championship with your best player being a center. Yeah, I think it's but but for them it's pretty much one and one a with 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 uh, Murray and uh, and and Jokic. Yes, Murray to me, I think Murray is is could be that you could consider Murray their best player. So Jokic, yeah. But I was saying teams with their centers being best players. I was saying teams like the Magic, the T Wolves, and the Sixers, where the team where the center is clearly their best player. And in a league where teams average 115 points a game, you need your best player to hit threes. And if your best player can't hit threes, you're not winning games. You're not winning championships in this league. Plain and simple. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, Steve knows it. I love my centers too. Yeah, I, I would love to see like a center take his team <laughs> on a run all the way to like the this, this isn't 2004, yeah, here, I know okay? It's not. I this is 2020. Like, you got to hit threes to win championships. Yes, and that's why all the centers now just take threes, and it drives me crazy. But yeah, <laughs> you, you're exactly right. It drives me crazy. But yes, that's that's what the the sport has turned into. Unfortunately, yes, yes, yes. even drumming shooting threes now, it's like. Oh. Exactly. Uh, makes me upset, but it's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. It, it's a guard-driven league. Yeah, it's a guards league. It's a, the NBA is definitely a guards league. But one more question in the Western Conference: What team that no one is talking about can surprise everyone and make the playoffs? I don't think this is going to surprise you, but my pick. It's it's the Spurs. It's the Spurs. <laughs> I love Greg Pop. The outdated but, team. I don't. I, I disagree. Is, though, in the bubble, though, that first game when I saw him play the Kings. They really they ran up and down the floor. Their pace, they they you know, um, they shot a lot of threes. They scored, I think they put up like 130 on them. I like the pace, and it sounds like that's what they're going to do this year. It sounds like Greg Pop is, is gonna um, 
go more up tempo, which yes, I, they need to do. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge started shooting threes. I you know in the bubble he you know um, he had a couple in the in the bubble. Again, I, I just think I think Pop is one of the best, and I just I don't like picking against him. I th- I think you know, um, and they have a lot of veterans that have like one year left on their contract. So I think on that standpoint, they got a bunch of guys here that in a contract year are going to be free agents in a year. Like who knows where the money's go- you know who knows financially right now. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys that are really playing with a chip on the shoulder. You know, DeRosa is still a very good player. Oh, very good. I, don't don't give me great. He can't shoot threes. He can't shoot. Yes, I. You know, if he can shoot, if he can shoot, it would be a very very good player. They still got Rudy Gay. Again, he's a guy that UConn guy. Of course, of course, you go with the UConn guy. Of course. And then I love their pick of Devin uh, Devin Vassell because I think he fits the Spurs. Um, again, he's a guy that's a very good defender and he could shoot. I, I think he's going to be a nice piece whenever they really get him involved in the rotation. So I think the Spurs can sneak up and be a seven or eight seed. Again, you got Greg Popovich on your bench. You always got a chance. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. Never doubt Pop. But we got to get to rookie of the year and the MVP. And my MVP is Luka Doncic. My reason why is I think Porzingis is injury prone. And I think that Doncic is going to average almost thir- over, definitely over 30 points a game, maybe 35 points a game. So I think he's going to be dominant. And I think very, I think he could definitely win the MVP. And for rookie of the year, I'm going with LaMelo Ball. I just I like his game. The Hornets are not a great team, so he's going to have a lot of opportunities to score points. I take him over, I take him over Anthony Edwards because on the on the Timberwolves, Edwards will be the third option with Katz and uh, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, there's a very good chance Ball could be the number one option. I mean, maybe probably the number two option. I think Hayward will be the number one option, but there's a chance Ball could even be the, could be the number two option. So I think he'll score a lot of points, he'll get a lot of assists, and I think he is he will be the rookie of the year. And the T Wolves will regret taking a guy who only won half his college games. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Luka Doncic as well. I think it's he can. Can prove his three-point shooting. Uh, he shot 30% last year. Again, yes, with Porzingis injured, he's going to be the main man for a little bit until he comes back. Um, as I said, I think they could be the dark horse. I think he has a still year. He just missed having a triple-double last year. I think it was like 28, nine rebounds, eight assists. I think he could average a triple-double this year. Um, I think he's going to have a huge year, and I think he definitely the Mavs to a chance to w- win the West. My rookie of the year, I'm going with your Knicks, Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. Um, no mind. Yeah, you know, I, I think he fits with Tom Thibodeau. I know he's got to get better defensively, but I think he can prove defense in Thibodeau's system. I think he will. Um, I think he's a guy that could be a good option for the Knicks. I Turdy played pretty well in preseason. Him and Quickly look good. Um, and again, I think he's a guy, he's a Knicks fan. He brings some excitement to the Knicks. And I think, you know, I, I could see him having a really, really nice year um, for the Knicks and winning rookie of the year. Oh, abs- oh, absolutely. You know, you wish that there would be fans of the Garden. He would bring that excitement to the Garden. I, I do I do like the pick again, Obi Toppin. But we got to get to the Christmas Day slate, and we'll start with the uh, Pelicans and the uh, Heat. And we got Zion facing the defending uh, Eastern Conference champion, Miami Heat. In this game, though, I think the Heat's Heat got too much depth uh, too much depth, and I think they beat the Pelicans by around, uh, I'd say, I'd say five or seven points. But the question is, Justin, can Zion and Ingram do enough to lead the Pelicans past the defending Eastern Conference champs? I think you know, I think that he do enough defensively to slow those two down. Um, Butler's probably gonna be on Ingram, and I think Bam's gonna be on Zion. 
And those two, as we we known and we talked about, they're really good defenders. And I think the Pelicans are going to need that third guy. This is going to be a game where we could really see what Lonzo, um, if he can shoot, you know, if he's, if he's improved in that area of the game, Stephen Adams has been a nice addition. But I, I think the Pelicans, I mean, the Heat do win this game by 6-7. I think they slow, him down, slow down Zion, Brennan, Brennan Ingram, Ingram just enough. We got the second game of the day, and this should be probably will be the worst game of the day is the Warriors head to Milwaukee to face the Bucks. The Warriors, this dynasty is over. I feel like Steph Curry is not the same. They, they won't have Klay Thompson. And I think Giannis goes for over 30. And I got the Bucks winning by at least, at least 15 to 20 points. Yeah, but the yeah. question is, is uh can can uh can Curry do enough to up to carry the Warriors to an upset win? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Uh that, that was rough last night for the Warriors. I thought they'd keep it close. I thought they could possibly maybe win that game, but they, they had no shot from the beginning. Giannis is going to have UJ. I, Draymond, I don't think, is going to play either. I know he's questionable at the moment. So, again, I just this could be a very long day for the Warriors. They, they need something else. I James Wiseman, I know, got a lot of garbage time points, but even at the beginning, I thought he was he played pretty well at the beginning, but – the Bucks should run away with this one. Nets head to Boston to face the Celtics. Uh, and uh, without uh, uh, Kemba and the way the Nets played the other night, I got the Nets winning this game by double digits with Kyrie and Durant. I think this it, it looked like it worked out in game one. I think it works out in this game. But the question is, is can the Celtics slow down the Nets' momentum and pull the upset? I think they have a chance to, um, you know, if Brown, Brown and Tatum, um, they can slow down K- KD because KD looked really, really good coming off the, you know, East, uh, Achilles for not being on the floor for 18 months. You know, he didn't, you know, he didn't miss a beat out there. Um, but I think missing Kemba hurts again, you know, Marcus Smart's a pretty good defender. If he could slow down Irving, make some, you know, um, they can, but again, they just have too much with, Chris LeVert coming off the bench, Jared Allen. Um, again, DeAndre Jordan still. Again, because that Celtics problem was interior defense, rebounding-wise, I felt like, and last year. I think Brooklyn should be able to go up to the Garden and win. Luka against LeBron in prime time on, on Christmas night. And I do think without Porzingis, it's going to hurt, though. I do think the Lakers are a little rusty. So I do think that Luka has a big game and the Mavs compete in the game. But I got the Lakers winning it by single digits. But, Justin, can Luka do enough to take down winning champs? I think, you know, there's a very – he definitely has a possibility to do it. I just – I don't think they're going to be able to do enough without Porzingis. I'd feel a lot better if Chris shot Porzingis was in this game and playing. I definitely – Feel a lot better about the Mavericks. Uh, and go up against LeBron at home. Coming off the loss, I don't see the Lakers dropping another one. Um, I don't see them starting 0-2. Yeah, there, there was definitely some rust on them last night. They they got back in the game down by 20 at the beginning. But I just, you know, can somebody else help Luka Doncic win that game on on a Friday night? I just, I don't know if they're, they have that, you know, I don't know if they're that guy to be able to step up against the Lakers. We got the last game of the night and a rematch of a playoff series last year that went seven games. The Clippers head to Denver to face the Nuggets. And I'm going to go with the Nuggets close in this one. I think they kind of have the Clippers number. I like this Nuggets team. I got the Nuggets at home winning it close. But the question is, 
can the Clippers get revenge against the Nuggets and win their first two games of the season? I think they will. Um, I like the way the Clippers played last night. And I think they um, slow down the Nuggets a bit. I'll, you know, see the Nuggets tonight play the Kings for a little bit. I'll, but um, I, li- I like the way the Clippers played. I know, you know, um, if Patrick Beverly can slow down Jamal, um, Jamal Murray, Beverly's a great defender. If you can slow him down, if they have a guy that can slow down um, Jokic, then I, I definitely see the Clippers being able to go on the road here. Um, I don't, you know, and again, I'm interested in Porter too. How does Porter now do? If he can have a big game, I definitely see the Nuggets winning this game. Um, but I, I think Kawhi, Paul George are able to do enough as a, as a duo and still win on the road in Denver. Yeah, so it should be interesting to see what happens on Christmas Day. It should be an exciting day, five-game slate like it always is. It should be fun. But we got to wrap up the show, and we, we'll wrap up talking a little bit of UConn basketball. And that was a good, good game. On, you know, a lot of people didn't really see it because football was going on. But that was a good game on Sunday against Creighton. You know, they they had the game late. James Knight had an awesome game scoring 40 points. I mean, UConn lost in overtime, uh, 76-74. My biggest takeaway by far was UConn, with Vitell graduating, UConn needs a second score behind Knight. Oh yeah, they do. Um, and again, a lot of people thought that was going to be RJ Cole. It, you know, it's been two years since he's been on the floor. So let's let's and again with this stop start, you know, let's give him some more time here to get his feet wet. You know, again, he's got to stop forcing RJ Cole, but um, it, you know, when they're not going in. But again, he's a great defender. I think he's eventually going to be that second scorer, but hopefully they start to get in a rhythm. And he can be that guy, but yeah, you know, it's a disappointing loss. I thought, you know, they play well. I'll be honest. I thought they were going to come in that game. and I thought it was going to be ugly. I thought Creighton would be blowing them out because I think Creighton's a final four team. They just lack a center. They're they're very small, but um, again, I I was impressed the way they were able to hang in there, especially they did fall behind 12 very early. So the big question is where does UConn go? how, how will UConn be in the Big East uh, from this result? How do they go from here from this result in the Big East? You know, um, again, Creighton and Villanova are I, I, I are on the first tier here by themselves, and I think UConn's part of that second tier. I think they'll finish anywhere from three to five. I, I still believe they can fin- finish in top three. Um, again, they just got to get some rhythm here. They got to get some games going. I know they're trying to schedule a game for the Sunday the 27th. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. But again, as long as this team can find a rhythm and just be able to play games, it's been 20, they've already missed 28 days since like late October, I think is when they started practicing. So it's been two months and they missed almost half the, those days of practicing games. So again, they still have a solid team. They have so much depth. I know the freshmen right now are, are raw with the short summer and all that, but again, uh, they missed Polly even though that would have been a bad matchup because of his perimeter defense. Um, but again, I, I still this team, this team, I don't think they're going to, you know, they're not going to win the Big East regular season title. I don't think, I think Villanova creating are a different level, but I definitely think this is a team that could finish the top three, top four in this conference. Um, again, it's been very up and down this conference that, uh, you know, you know, after Villanova and Creighton, it's pretty much wide open. Yeah, yeah, it pretty yeah, it pretty much is. Villanova and Crane are the two best teams, and it's pretty much just yeah, it's wide open. So I could very easily see UConn finishing third. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, I, I you know, yeah, as long as they could, yeah, obviously start playing the games and their offense could start chilling a little better. Um, I, you know, again, I, they got to the hole easily against Creighton, and for some reason they got away from it late in the game, or you know, more late in the game they started chucking, which is unfortunate. But yeah, as long as they, you know, get going here, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think they should be fine. Yeah, I, I think they should be too. I think uh, Hurley has changed the culture. But before we, we let you guys go, uh, we want to wish everyone, Justin and I want to wish all the listeners a Merry Christmas. Hope you guys have a great Christmas. And uh, we, we hope you guys have a great, and a happy and safe holiday. And we also want to let you know that now we are available everywhere. I mean, we're not just available on Google Play, iTunes, uh, and Spotify. We are available everywhere. Our podcast is everywhere. So I'll be sending you the link. So check us out everywhere. But that's going to scrap it up on Sports Talk with RNJ. For our producer, Jace Garcia, who did a great job today, Justin Alfredo, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking week 17 of the NFL season and previewing the the, the two the semifinals in the Final Four of college football. Have a great holiday, everyone, and enjoy the basketball and football. HHW Show Podcast returns January 5th with a new season, Road to the Royal Rumble. Hector, Frank, Jason, Ovi will be on the set with the latest news and takeaways. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and you can listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app.